0: and welcome back to the Legendary Chiropractor Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Brian Janogan. This is season 17, episode four. Today, we have Dr. Zach Haley with Forge Chiropractic. We're going to be diving into nutrition. We're going to be diving into exercise. We're going to be diving into adjusting. We're going to be diving into chiropractic. Uh, this is definitely an episode that you do not want to miss. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, follow, as always. We post every week before we open in this conversation though, let's hear from our amazing sponsors that allow this podcast to be
1: possible. Jane is an all-in-one practice management software with helpful tools like online booking, admin scheduling, integrated payment processing, and charting. But there's more to Jane than you might think. The team at Jane cares a lot about the problems you face as a practitioner. One of those problems is the prevalence of no-shows and late cancellations in practices. So they've made it easy for you with a few simple tools built right into Jane. That includes the ability to implement an online booking payment policy, send out unlimited text and email reminders, and enabling waitlist management features to fill those last minute gaps that weren't preventable. Come see Jane in action at jane.app and use our code LEGENDARY to receive an entire month of offset billing. That's J-A-N-E dot A-P-P and promo code LEGENDARY at checkout. Total Clinic Solutions is your go-to source for purchasing both brand new and refurbished chiropractic equipment, as well as phone support for repairs and maintenance. Allow them to combine your wishes and their 23 years of chiropractic equipment expertise to find what's best for you and your patients by heading to TotalClinicSolutions.com and use promo code LEGENDARY for $100 off on qualifying table purchases. That's TotalClinicSolutions.com, promo code LEGENDARY for $100 off.
0: And we are back, season seventeen, episode four, with Doctor Zach Haley, my man. What's going, what's going on? on? Be here. Good to see you. Hey. Bro. It's it's, dude. This has been a long time coming. Uh, for those of you that don't know us, uh, Doctor Zach and I started chiropractic school at Life University together, and it has been a beautiful journey. We have been to. A numerous amount of seminars I don't know how many you've been to I know it's it's never been a competition but it's more been a a striving for excellence in the artistic art of chiropractic but also being knowledgeable being able to understand what we're doing why we're doing it and just providing high quality care throughout that whole evolution
2: more than my wallet should have allowed for let's put it that way
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah, those, uh, those student <laughs> loans, we, we made sure to use them as much as we could.
2: <laughs> they were
0: maximized. <laughs> yes, they were. We killed all the of things. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, oh, man. So Zach is he's a very profound individual. He's one of the few people that I've met in my life that uh, he pursues excellence. He pursues mastery. And it's almost in everything he does. Not almost, but I would really say everything he does, he pursues mastery or some some form of excellence. And one of those has always been the the knowledge you have in nutrition, exercise, exercise physiology, how all that comes together into a beautiful conversation. Um, you know, both of us being gym rats, we uh, we didn't necessarily get along at first because we were like, "I'm bigger than you, I know more than you." And once we got past the ego. Um, <laughs> it's been a beautiful co-creation since <laughs> it really has and you just uh you just had your first seminar uh, as a doctor teaching chiropractic to chiropractic to uh chiropractic students correct
2: we did so uh myself and Dr. Alex Roof put together a program our uh, our company is called Chiro Ease, a tonal approach to osseous adjusting and we were trying to teach and bridge the gap between the osseous adjustment force and the tonal application of chiropractic. Um, when you when you go back to chiropractic's roots with D.D. Palmer, his whole philosophy was based on tone of the neurospinal system, the actual spinal cord itself. And it was actually B.J. Palmer who took it and said, "No, it's a bone thing." And and that's where the, you know, the bony pressure on the nerve came into being. Where B.J. Palmer or D.D. Palmer said it was tone, and we taught an analysis based on flexion, extension, compression, and tension patterns, and torsion to help facilitate the greatest level of ease within the neurospinal system. So it was it was a huge success. It was a ton of fun. We are planning to go back um, the last weekend in May. Make sure I have my dates right here. Uh, I believe May 26th and 27th, or maybe it's the 27th and 28th, but it's right around that time. Um, we can check that in later. But if you guys are interested in that, you can find us there. So very excited about the content that we've put together and there's more to come on that front. So
0: very excited about all that. Yeah. And so for listeners and viewers, that is going to be at Life University, correct? Correct. Yep. Yep. So down in Atlanta, Georgia, they will be going down there the end of May uh, teaching chiropractic. I'm telling you, this is going to be one of those seminars that you absolutely want to be at because like, going through school, uh, learning learning zach and learning how he adjusts how he wants to adjust you know working with different doctors around the world going to a mission trip adjusting people in the dominican republic and haiti Um, the experience is there the knowledge is there the application is there go learn become better this is an opportunity for you to expand yourself and to just learn some true principle chiropractic that's going to allow you to be able to adjust your patients and take it to the next level uh just for everyone, that is Cairo.ease on Instagram, correct? Yep, that is right. Perfect. Well, let's dive into some nutrition, man, because uh, I wanna I wanna I wanna hear what you've been working on because I know you've been diving in and just experimenting and learning new things. So talk to me. What do you what do we know well, about chiropractic and nutrition?
2: Before we jump into that, I think it would be helpful to kind of explain my process and how this all came to be. So when I was 12, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And this fueled a, just like an energy and a passion in me. I wanted to figure out why I was feeling the way I was feeling because you know, like a lot of people, they've gone to doctors. Hang on one second. You good? I'm on a podcast. And um, the result of, you know, going to doctors as a younger person who looked healthy, but internally was a metabolic disaster. And then they look at you and they go, well, you just want drugs. You want steroids. You want this. You want that. There's nothing wrong with you. And it took years of that to the point where I I was so ill in college that I was experiencing kidney failure, liver failure, um a complete what we call an endocrine storm which is a very blanketed statement but my internal organs were shutting down I had no testosterone I had lost the ability to fall asleep but also in terms of like normal functioning uh day-to-day memory recall was gone my frontal lobe was literally melting and I was deteriorating at a very very rapid pace and you know coupled that with stress of being in an uh, academic environment and i was shutting down my body was failing me at you know between the ages of 19 and 21 and that was when i found chiropractic or rather chiropractic found me and the funny place was it happened in a crossfit gym um i met my now mentor who i've worked with for almost 10 years now and learning and managing my own health and it put me on a i mean just a life-altering journey and you know eight years later here i am as a chiropractor now sharing my story and my philosophy with people based on you know what two chiropractors helped share with me was you know through my own health journey so a lot of a lot of what has interested me over the years is a byproduct of the things that I've experienced personally so you know when people come in and they're like oh you can't possibly imagine what it's like and I'm like no 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 I can I really can I've been to all of the specialists, all the doctors from a young age up until, you know, I'm almost 30 now. I've been there and done that. I've had the lab work done. I've had the doctors look at it and go, it's all in your head. You just want something else. And I'm like, no, I want to feel well. And when you go see a doctor and they look at you and they, and they tell you we're going to work on this together, but it's going to take some time and it's going to be a journey, but you're not crazy. Like it's life changing what that feels like. For someone who is who is literally reaching for that lifeline, they want someone to acknowledge what they're, you know, say it's, it's random symptoms we can't help you. Because I experienced that. So long-winded answer to that intro, but a lot of what interests me in nutrition is understanding the things that we put on our body, how it affects us from a physical standpoint, and how it affects us from a neurochemical standpoint. Because all things break down – metabolically our body absorbs or doesn't absorb and it's how those things affect us that is a great predictor for our, our health status our nutrient status you know the things that we consume so just just for you know just off the top of my head something like magnesium it's not in our soil anymore there are so many uses for magnesium that they're still mapping out What it does in the body. You know, people like, oh, it's good for joint pain and muscle relaxation. Yeah, but it's it's a key chemical in all of our internal processes. It helps facilitate um, like like enzymes, it helps facilitate neurochemical dumping of hormones, it helps facilitate our body's neuronal process in terms of signaling. Like if we don't have this chemical in our body, this this element in our body, we're not going to function the way we're supposed to. So when you look at some when they come in, it's like, yeah, they're just not a bag of bones that, you know, has a brain and it's able to ambulate. Like you have to look at someone and go, how did they wind up here? What have they been missing throughout their whole life? And part of that's, you know, like when you look at, you know, SAD, sadly, standard American diet, you know, and it's a glass of orange juice, toast, a wheat brand muffin, uh, you know, whole milk and cereal, like it's it's we're so nutrient deprived. That's where a lot of these ailments come from. And then, you know, if you bounce into the fast food industry. Most of that food isn't even real food, you know, point in case, look at McDonald's a year later, it's when it's been sitting in a glass jar. It's so heavily filled with preservatives. It doesn't rot. It doesn't oxidize. So imagine putting that in our bodies. The first place it goes besides our mouth is a vat of acid, which is going to extract and open up all of those chemicals for digestion. And then that goes into your liver. And our body has to figure out what to do with that, whether it can process it chemically, who knows? You know, my personal opinion is it triggers, you know, inflammation, which, you know, if you want to label things between stress and inflammation, one leads to the other, but they're they're the same thing when you put the hands on top of each other. You know, cytokine production, inflammatory molecules that can ruin human systems. So, you know, people who can have perfectly normal hormone profiles, but they're acting like they're low androgen. Why? Because their body can't handle the receptor load that these cytokines are now blocking. So even though their body is sufficient in the hormone in terms of production, they're manifesting and portraying and and they come in like they're low, like they don't have any of the hormones. And if you don't know how to assess that and, and look at that, and also the correct viewpoints in terms of nutrients, you're going to be just shooting things in the dark and running tests that don't matter and and doing things that aren't appropriate for that person. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, a lot of this is N equals one, but we do have a huge base of study on what nutrients do to our body. And it's a matter of how you apply them and and, and knowing which ones to select and where to put them and when to put them in, what to take out, what to give, what not to give and what to recommend. That's, it's part of the science and it's always changing. It's always evolving, but that's kind of, how i think about that in a a nutshell not going too tangent i hope
0: no no and and like you hit a couple of topics that um i want to dive into a little bit more But like low magnesium you know you said our soil doesn't have the necessary magnesium because that's due to um overproduction and over overutilization of the soil correct yep just
2: standard farming techniques it just it they pull everything out of the soil and, and they don't rotate crops enough um you know so A lot of people don't realize this, but when you are deficient in magnesium on a functional level, you don't absorb it when you consume it orally. Mm -hmm. Transdermal is one of the best avenues for your body to resupply it. So, you know, you might be sucking down pills all day, but your body doesn't really know how to use them anymore. So that's where transdermal infusions, IV infusions, creams, topicals, these things start to apply because it's like – how do I tell my body to start utilizing this component again, that it's basically been getting by without, and it has to have it. It's in our very cellular matrix. It's in the
0: bony matrix. Mm-hmm. Without it, we
2: don't operate very well.
0: No, no, I mean, um, I'm trying to think back to the statistic. I think I saw that magnesium uh, succinate has over 300 biochemical processes alone, and that's only one form of magnesium. One form,
2: and there's dozens of different forms. So it depend, you know, different different bonds. Like you know, everyone knows what magnesium oxide is. That's the cheapest stuff you get at Walmart or Walgreens. Our bodies don't do anything with that. We lose like eighty percent of it. So even though it might be a thousand milligram tablet or five hundred milligram tablet, you're not absorbing any of it because our bodies can't break off the molecule that it's bonded to. Mm. Um, people know things like magnesium citrate. Great if you're having issues with constipation. For people who are chronically constipated adding in magnesium citrate to your diet can be life-changing because, one, it'll help with water retention. It'll help to to reduce the impaction of the feces so that the body can pass them appropriately, mm-hmm. so things like that. But, you know, like for me, with my autoimmune, I t- take a liposomal glutathione or uh, magnesium it's bonded. So it's, it's highly, highly bioavailable, which is, you know, everyone's like, Oh, is it bioavailable? It's a buzzword, but it means my body's able to recognize the molecule and absorb it appropriately, but also utilize it in the correct ways. So again, multifaceted and depending on where you are in your journey and what needs you have, there are different tools nutritionally that we can apply when we have the knowledge, but it's a matter of applying that knowledge a correctly and appropriately to get the correct outcomes because you can, you know, you can take a multivitamin, but then what helped? What, what component right. of the multivitamin was
0: it? And how much of it did you actually absorb and use and how much of it just went through the system and got flushed out?
2: Exactly. And I'm not talking, you know, a men's one a day or a woman's multi, right? Cause I've x-rayed enough people to see them in their gastrointestinal systems that I know that we're not breaking those down. So we're talking about things a little bit differently.
0: Well, let's talk about breaking down food a little bit because you hit, you hit a key topic that I'm, I'm not that I harp on it a lot, but I definitely talked a lot to my patients about it because convenience and complacency is something that's killing us. I mean, we can, we can talk about cell phones. We talk about technology. We can talk about fast food. We can talk about, um, you know, sitting at home on your couch, sitting in your car on the way to work, sitting at work, whenever you're at work, sitting in your car on the way home and then getting on the couch whenever you come home. It's like we're not—we're biomechanically built for motion and motility, but yeah. we're not—we're not using that. We're not using our bodies as necessary. Then, in, in in that conversation, the fuel in which you put in the body, it's it's typically fast food, processed food, things that are full of hormones, antibiotics, pesticides, herbicides, uh, BPA's, different types of toxins that are killing us. Causing the body to break down. Um, one of the biggest things that in the office that we talk about is leaky gut, and yeah. stopping leaky gut, healing the gut, healing the microbiome, closing up those tears and those fractures in the intestinal lining. That's ultimately bleeding food into the blood system, causing autoimmune dysfunction, leading to some type of pathology or diabetes.
2: So, so let's let's go off of that point there. Leaky gut, leaky gut's a really great topic. Everyone's like, I got leaky gut. So for people who do have leaky gut, what leaky gut really is is micro perforations in the luminal lining of your intestines. So these undigested proteins, which are very long strands of amino acids kind of punch their way through and the body does not handle unregistered proteins well, right, it causes an immune response. So inflammation, and when those things are unregulated, the body does just that. It unregulates. It can't get it back under control. All of the disease processes we have in our bodies from um, atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease is an unregulated process that was designed to help facilitate a microtrauma that did not heal appropriately, right? All of these diseases are are functions of inflammation and stress and, and dysregulation, and that's where anything from cancer cardiovascular disease diabetes all these things come from a stress related process where inflammation got out of control and the body couldn't turn it back off there's an imbalance in our immune markers antibody formation and how the body perceives all this so someone with leaky gut you know what do you have to do first well you have to look at the diet what they're consuming what what big things are they eating first and then where are their triggers and Again, don't want to make blanket statements because we're not talking about anything in particular, but if you have any type of autoimmune condition, two things that you can cut out there are going to help. Do you know them? Uh, Sugar. Anyone. (laughs) So gluten and dairy. Yeah. Those are the big two. If you can just remove those from your diet, anyone with any type of autoimmune condition will fare better. And it doesn't mean you have to have those out forever because you can have non celiac gluten sensitivity. I myself have that. I test negative on a celiac test, right? I can Hmm. consume gluten, but when I am consuming gluten, my joints, my muscles, everything hurts is my body doesn't respond appropriately to it. Hmm. So when I remove those things, you start to calm down your body's response process because you're not feeding the fire anymore. but there's also triggers, right? You know, you can go get French fries somewhere and they're battered and you don't know it. And you're like, well, I did okay. And then the next time you're exposed, you've primed the system to respond. So it's the exposure, secondary exposure, symptoms. And a lot of our foods work like this because there's tons of those, you know, 200 food group IgG food tests or IgA food tests out there where they go and measure your reactivity. But those aren't telling you the state of, of your, your internal state, why you might be reacting to those foods, you're going to test higher on a food that you consume more often, right? It's kind of simple science. There's like, I I had a huge food panel done and I was like, almonds was the top thing. But when I looked at my diet, I was having almond milk, almond butter, um, mm-hmm. almond flour, you know, several times a week. And that was the thing that tested the highest on my score. So it's like, if I pull those out, did I feel better? Not really, because it wasn't really causing the response. But when I pulled out something that I was responding negatively to, it made a big difference, and that was gluten and dairy.
0: Interesting. Have you seen any any research or anything for um, high consumption of almonds or oxalates? Because I saw some. So I saw something a while back about high yeah. consumption of, of oxalates leads to different types of issues. So.
2: What they're referring to is is the anti nutrients, the binders, so like the things in the skins of things we eat, so potato peels, the almonds themselves, like beans, lectins, uh, phytates, all of these things. And some people will tell you, like you know, you glow on a a low lectin, a low phytate diet, a low anti nutrient diet, and it's gonna change your life. For some people, it will. I've tried it. I didn't notice a huge difference, but I also like. When i'm consuming those things like i'm sprouting the beans like i'm helping to you know i'll ferment my doughs or i'll ferment my sourdough or you know whatever it is that i'm doing i'm helping to facilitate that process that it's removing some of that Mm -hmm. um and that's where sprouting and and pressure cooking and all these different things come into play i don't know enough about it to say that we shouldn't but i also know some people who live off of that and they're fine Mm -hmm. so I mean, I've seen people whose diets consist primarily of nuts and they operate great. So their system is just, right? It's all kind of an N equals one. How does your system respond? And there's no, you don't want to put anyone into a cookie cutter diet. So like, you know, this is the diet stamp done because everyone's different. You know, right. I did, when we first met, I was on a carnivore diet. Mm-hmm. I ate pretty much red meat for a year and a half. Did I have massive changes in my body composition? Yeah, I got really, really lean, but I got to a point where I was only eating every two days. And then all of a sudden, stress from school picked up and my system fell apart, because what does cortisol require? Sugar. Sugar. It changes how your body responds. So cortisol drives insulin, which drives blood sugar. So that whole system got messed up from that. Now, had I done the carnivore diet outside of a high-stress environment like chiropractic school, would it have been different? I'm sure, but I'm also autoimmune. So I was pushing my system really, really hard. And then when it started to metabolically break down, you have to step back and re- reevaluate, you know, where in the process are you breaking down? And, you know, these days, my biggest thing is I want balance, right? I don't enjoy eating all of the calories that I used to because I'm not training the same way. And I don't want to, cons- you know, it's like it- – comes down to where are you at in your own personal journey. So for the most part these days, for me, it's all about balance. I want to eat three meals a day. I might have a snack in the afternoon. I might eat something right before I go to bed to help keep my blood sugar stable. Right? And it depends. You know, some days I'm really good with it and other days, like, you know, I'll do a fast and, you know, unintentionally we're like today, I didn't really eat until two o'clock. I don't do that every day. but Like, you know, we have these different options.
0: Well, let me ask you something on fasting because, uh, I fast, I intermittent fast and I usually have one to two meals a day. Um, with intermittent fasting, my understanding is we're giving the digestive system time to heal because, because if you consistently keep putting food into it, then it's always working. So like, you know, the analogy is like the factory is always online, but sometimes yeah. you got to shut the factory down so you can go through and fix the t- processes and fix All the things that are broken or breaking and then heal And i I consider that to be like the intermittent fasting period where i'm not eating i'm allowing my body to heal because i'm putting good things into it
2: well here's the interesting thing fasting is an amazing protocol most people will do some type of 16 8 18 Mm -hmm. and 6 you know whatever their 24 hour thing is But there's food in your digestive system for 24 hours, right? So if you're not fasting for a full 24 hour cycle, you actually technically haven't even started fasting yet because your body's still extracting nutrients. So to, to, to initiate a true fast, 72 hours is actually a real fast. Like that's in, in all the research that I've done and all the different, because the longest I fasted for is a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what kicked me out of it was I was dehydrated in the morning and I went for a walk with my dog and then I couldn't stop spinning and had to break my fast at that point in time. But like autophagy starts to occur anywhere from three to five days and that's programmed cellular death, right? That's that like sloughing off of all those inner layers, the luminal lining to help with the healing process. Yep. Well, for some people, a week long fast would be a very traumatic thing if you're mm-hmm. not prepared like and you don't know how to to supply yourself with the electrolytes that are really going to come from you know like a pink himalayan salt a gray salt or something along those lines you know because something as simple as like a throat lozenge with two and a half grams or three grams of sugar is is enough sugar to break your fast because at any point in time there's only five grams of glucose in our blood normally right for most people who are going to test normal on a blood glucose it's five grams in the entire portal system The entire circulatory system is only five grams. The rest of it is in muscle glycogen and liver glycogen. And then it's a matter of, is it topped off? Right. And if it is topped off, where does that excess glucose go? It's going to go into storage, which is there's a whole process of, of lipogenesis that most people where you run into like the, the whole idea of being metabolically flexible is, can you burn fats? Can you burn glucose? Can you utilize proteins effectively? Using proteins to make anything besides protein-based tissues is not a great resource, right? It doesn't become glucose very well. It's a very intensive process. So, like, again, it all comes back to balance. Like, I used to be in ketosis all the time. Coupled that with stress, couldn't stay in ketosis because cortisol was high, and it kept kicking me out of ketosis. I couldn't stay in. I couldn't keep my my ketone level at an appropriate level where I felt good. I had that kind of stable flatline energy and the mental clarity to use it. So, you know, you can, you can, I I think fasting for most people, anywhere from 12 to 24 hours, once or twice a week is a great avenue. It's instant caloric reduction, right? Mm -hmm. So if we have to burn 3,500 calories to lose a pound of fat, and all of a sudden we pull out a day of eating, there's 2,000 calories right there that we don't even have to think about, yep. right? And we don't have to take that from our exercise because you can go exercise crazy hard on a 24-hour fast and have very little issues because you're still full of liver glycogen. You're still full of muscle glycogen. And remember, when a, when the muscle has glycogen in it, it's only used right there. It doesn't get kicked out into systemic circulation and go to your leg if you're exercising your big toe. It's not how it works. It's stuck in your bicep. Your bicep gets to use it to grow your biceps. <laughs>
0: right? Moral, moral of the story: Do biceps twice a week.
2: Right, at least three times a week.
0: Um, hey, <laughs> well, oh, Zach, we're gonna we're gonna hear from our amazing sponsors real quick, and then I want to jump back into this conversation and I want to talk a little bit more about electrolytes. Sure. All right, let's hear from these great sponsors.
1: HealthPair is the number one choice for owner-operated practitioners like you to source, screen, and place candidates for your office. Let our world-class team assist you along your hiring journey. Book an intro call with us so we can learn more about your recruiting needs, how and if we can assist you, and give you the best next steps to take in order to fill your positions as soon as possible. We place all positions, from doctors to office managers to techs, assistants, everyone in between. HealthPair has you covered. Head to healthpair.io to book your intro call with us and mention this podcast ad to receive an additional 10% off your first month. That's healthpair.io.
0: And we are back. Season 17, episode four with Dr. Zach Haley. So we've been talking about nutrition, we talked about leaky gut, we talked about different types of diets, uh, some exercise physiology, some you know, muscle glycogen, liver glycogen, blood glucose, talking about that conversation of how your nutrition ties into the actual chemistry of how your organs and your body functions. Now, I wanna take the conversation up a little bit and talk about a couple of new topics such as uh, glutathione, oxidative stress, And electrolytes?
2: So, those are tough ones. Um, I take glutathione. I take glutathione in two different forms. I take a liposomal glutathione that I take orally, and I have a liposomal glutathione cream that I rub right into my thyroid gland twice a day. Why do I do that? To help reduce oxidation of those tissues that are under stress. Why are they under stress? Because I'm stressed, right? We experience life, right? All these things, our body reacts to it. So we just may not notice it the same way. So point in case, I've made some changes to my internal physiology. Um, Me being autoimmune, I do have some hormone replacements that I have to take. I have to take thyroid medication twice a day. I've been doing that since I was 12. I don't produce any thyroid hormones. And in the small changes that I've made in the last couple of months, I shed 14 pounds of water, right? Right. Why was I holding on to that water? Because my system was inflamed. I've been working on calming it down and balancing it back out. I was having a subtle immune response that was causing joint pain, muscle pain, fatigue, brain fog, the whole laundry list of standard symptoms associated with Hashimoto's. So glutathione is something that, so, so, not, so not just glutathione. Glutathione is a really cool thing but when we we need to kind of take a step back and talk about antioxidants
0: Hmm.
2: antioxidants are a very very like convoluted piece of literature a lot of people are like you need to take you know antioxidants all the polyphenols the phytonutrients the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables colors fibrous things right well where do we put them in a vat of acid Hmm. yep it's going to destroy all of that okay our bodies has an internal antioxidant system and it's their glutathione pathways. And I'm not an expert on these. I have a cursory understanding of how these systems work and I'm working on expanding that knowledge base so that I can utilize it better in my own health journey and in others. And it's something that it is relatively new to me. So I'm not gonna pretend that I know more than I do, but our body has the ability to, to create recycle, and reuse glutathione internally. And what's going to deplete and break down those those systems is chronic, unregulated stress, inflammation, right? Cytokine markers are going to go through the roof. Cytokines can travel to any tissue in the body. They can go right through the blood-brain barrier, right? Mm-hmm. So why is that important to know? Well, if you're not feeling well, if you're feeling fatigued and you have poor memory, you're having some type of immune response, whether it's a Th1 or Th2, You need to know where your system is breaking down. So glutathione can go in there, and and especially in a cream form, you can kind of target specific tissue. So I rub it right into my thyroid gland, where the bulk of my issue is as this conversation goes on, you will hear my voice get raspier and raspier as the tissues get tired. And that's another sign that, right, creating stress in those areas, and my vocal cords feel it. So that's kind of how I know where my system is if I can have a two or three hour long conversation and not lose my voice. So, you know, it's getting better, but that's kind of like my cursory subjective marker of how is my thyroid health right here? Even though I have a compromised system is can I have a three hour conversation without
0: losing my voice? Yeah. That makes a difference.
2: It makes a huge
0: difference. It's, you know, We use it in the office in a multitude of different supplements that some of them are thyroid-based, some of them are skin-based, some of them are hair. Um, From my understanding, glutathione, you can essentially use it anywhere in the body, on the body, and there's benefit. Yeah.
2: Our tissues are, like I said, most likely most people are going to need help with it. Um, And if it's in your your budget and your price point to use it, I'd say use it. I, I couldn't off the top of my head think of a ton of reasons why you wouldn't want to maybe unless you were having like enzymatic reactions because s- s- things that are presenting outwardly from the skin are a direct reflection of internal environment unless there's some type of very unusual strictly topical ph imbalance on the skin level right on the surface level
0: mm-hmm.
2: a lot of that stuff in the way my mind works is it's internal and that's where you need to turn for a lot of the stuff is blood chemistries. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really great product. And I think for a lot of people, there are a lot of positive benefits when it's utilized appropriately. And I'm not just saying, you know, go buy some and slather on everything. Don't do that. You know, make sure it's something that is appropriate for you and in the, in the expression of your health that you're currently in.
0: Awesome. And thanks for that, because I think that cleared up some things for me as well. Um, cause again, it's, a, it's an antioxidant works in the antioxidant pathways, uh, and it's just beneficial, really, in, in application in any way. But let's talk about some electrolytes because I this is something that I talk to a lot of my patients about. I'm like, you know, you're drinking water. Are you drinking water? It's like because as a chiropractor, you get to the point where you can feel the the hydration levels. You can you can feel when a system's dry versus when <laughs> a system is wet and lubricated. And yeah, and especially like palpating the kidneys and you know down in the lower. Um, posterior abdomen regions where it's like you're over the top of the kidneys and you're like you feed into it and you're like that just feels really dry and like a desert like i don't know how to explain it the tone of the system just expresses that there's a need for hydration and so you have a conversation it's um are you drinking water yeah i'm drinking water but are you drinking electrolytes in your water because if you're not then the water is just going right in and out and it's not being used it's not being pumped out with the trace minerals to get to where it needs to be So could you just expand and like educate us a little bit on that?
2: So it's kind of a fun topic because most people are like, yeah, I drink tons of water. then you go, well, how much of that water is coffee? Uh, Most of it. Right. So caffeine, I can't remember if it's number one or number two, most abused and used drug in not, well, if it's the United States, but the world, right? Everyone consumes it. So, when you look at someone who's constantly taking, so did you, do you know how the caffeine molecule works in the body? A lot of people think it provides energy and actually acts as an energy substrate. It does not. It, it binds to something called an, an adenosine receptor, which blocks your body's ability to feel fatigued. I'm going to repeat that because it's really, really important for us to understand that. It blocks our body's ability to feel fatigue. Does that sound like a good thing long-term to be consuming every single day? No, No. right? And I'm not saying I don't love a good cup of coffee because I do. And the whole process that goes behind it, I love it, right? The ritual of brewing a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, I love it. But having said that, do I consume caffeine every single day? No. And the reason why is it causes vasoconstriction. It causes a change in our hydration status. It causes a further excretion of our body's fluids. And if our body's losing fluids, it's losing our electrolytes with it. Mm -hmm. So those are the people who are like, I get a headache every day at three o'clock until I have my next cup of coffee. That is a clear sign of not only a hydration imbalance, but also an electrolyte issue because they've been flushing their things out, but they're also driving their adrenal system very, very hard. So, like, you don't want to say everyone's got adrenal fatigue because we don't, but we do have adrenal imbalance because we don't have the appropriate level of cortisol in the morning to wake up. Why don't we? Because our blood sugars are all over the place, right? So, glucocorticoids, mineral corticoids, and our adrenal and our uh, androgynous corticoids, like, we have all these different hormones that our body produces for a reason. So, most people, if we could get them to wake up and consume anywhere from 16 to 24 ounces of electrolyte rich water, which all that means is it's got some salt in it, right? Mm-hmm. Some pink Himalayan salt, like a little with a grinder, nothing fancy. Um, there are tons of electrolyte powders. The problem is a lot of those come with a huge whopping of sugar. Yep. If you're consuming, you know, and I don't wanna name any name brands, but people, if you look at the packets that you're consuming, if there's more than two grams of sugar, you're not having an electrolyte replacement. You're having a glycose bomb, a glucose bomb. Right, it's just in a powder form instead of it being in your Gatorade. In order to drink enough Gatorade to replenish one hour's worth of relatively like moderate strenuous activity, you'd have to drink a gallon of it. And I don't know many people who can do that in one sitting and not get sick. Yeah, well, that's that was- just an hour of activity for a normal, relatively normal person. Throw in a high-level athlete who's putting out you know tremendous amounts of muscular exertion, and that, that value goes up significantly.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I recognize is whenever I'm doing marathons or triathlons, uh, the tables don't have Gatorade. You know, they have electrolytes. You have pickles. You have pickle juice. You have, you know, chews and they're not full of sugar. They're full of salt. salt. And that's that's the big key part is making sure that the body has the necessary trace minerals to use the water that you're putting into it. Otherwise, it just runs right through you. And that kind of, you
2: know, and again, not to jump out of my skill set, but, you know, people have blood volume issues, blood pressure issues. And where do they put you on? They put you on a loop diuretic, flush out all the sodium, decrease the blood volume, decrease your blood pressure. Is that something sustainable long term for health? No, it's going to cause a ton of issues. Cramping muscle pain, muscle weakness, fatigue, like all these different things. And I'm not saying go consume 9,000 milligrams of salt a day because I have. You feel very interesting if you don't go work out afterwards. (laughs) There's a time and a place where you can load these things up. You know, it's not uncommon for powerlifters to bomb three or 4,000 milligrams right before they go do a huge physical exertion, you know, max rep deadlifting or squatting. Because their body can use that, but it's also going to help provide more blood volume short term, right? It's not a – your body will balance out over time when you have such a large cascade of it, but it's going to take time. But they're trying to drive their system to the highest possible level for a very short physiological amount of time for performance sake. Now, the average Joe, do I think most of us need electrolytes in our daily water? Yes. Why? It's not in our tap water. Most of our tap water is full of crap. Um, you drink filtered water. It's also full of crap because you're taking, you're taking anything that was in there out with it. And then if you're just hydrating with that solely, you're missing the whole point of being properly hydrated. When you're properly hydrated for most people, I, I always tell my patients, if you can shoot for half your body weight in ounces a day. And if you exercise for more than 30 minutes, I want you to consume anywhere from another 32 to 64 ounces on top of that, depending on, you know, if they're male or female, if they're female tends to be to the lower side, if they're male tends to be to the higher side. And that's kind of my baseline. And I always tell people 32 ounces of water at a time, 1000 milligrams of salt every other time you drink.
0: Hmm.
2: And that's, you know, and. It's a tolerance point. Some people are super, super responsive to salt. So you have to back off how much there's in there. If they can't tolerate the taste, put some lemon in there. Like there's mint leaves. There's tons of ways to kind of calm down that that salinity flavor. But I've gotten to a point where I really enjoy it. And when I don't have it in my water, I notice it, like there's something missing. So it's something that I I place a lot of value in stocking because it's, I make something called sole water. All sole water is is a glass jar of water with the most amount of salt dissolved in it Um, it's called a solely solution i can't remember what the solubility of it is but you have so much salt in there that all you need is a tablespoon and you dump that in there don't use metal use a wood spoon or a plastic spoon because it'll mess up the ions so they say plastic lid on the mason jar but that's what i use every day take a shot of that right in the giant thermos of water and it's done
0: (coughs) Interesting. Yeah. I've got a Berkey and something I've noticed is uh, going from reverse osmosis to Berkey. I find that I'm deficient and the, the water because like, obviously tap water, it's poison. So I'll just come out and say it. It's poison. If you don't <laughs> believe it, uh, go to ewg.org, look up your zip code and uh, see what's in your see water. water is. Because I know here in Denver, we have just, just one statistic. Two hundred and forty-six times the normal amount of arsenic in our water. Yep, I mean
2: we're both in Marietta. The water in Marietta was literally straight poison. It was yeah. horrible.
0: It's terrible. When people are drinking it, they're showering in it. They're washing their clothes in it. They're feeding it to their animals. Um, yep. And it's there's a reason why everything's sick and dying is because we're we're killing ourselves with fast food, processed foods, poisons, toxins. We're putting things in plastics and, anyways, I divert. I digress. But uh, uh, here,
2: here's, a, here's a stat that'll make you just go, oh, crap. Name one food that you consume that has not touched plastic at some point in time between it going to the farm to you. You can't.
0: Well, I get my meat from a halal market. So it gets wrapped in... I put it in a bag or is it put in butcher paper wrapped in plastic? Butcher paper in a plastic bag. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's mind blowing. It's like you, know, you go open up your cupboard and look in there and see how many plastic containers or meal prep. Containers. Everything's in a
2: plastic bag inside a cardboard box. Inside most of the tin cans is a plastic biofilm lining. Um, there was some researcher, he dissolved the aluminum. I think it was just a standard Coke can, and yep. there is a bag inside. Yep,
0: Come there's on. a bag inside of it.
2: You know why there's a bag inside? The phosphoric acid is so acidic. It'll eat through the can. That's why they had to put that protective biofilm in. And we're pouring that right down the hatchet every you know, day.
0: It's interesting because I grew up uh, way out in the country in Texas. And we would use Coca-Cola to knock the, um, what do you call it, the, on your battery terminal. You would get the corrosion. Off, yeah. Yeah. As so you get that corrosion buildup on your terminal, we'd pour Coca-Cola on it and then hit it with a wrench or something. And it would you get continuity back. Um, yep. Clean your tulip bowl. You can take a Coca-Cola and pour it in your, your toilet, and you can clean it, and the porcelain will be cleaner than if you use an actual cleaner. Mm-hmm. And Acids are that amazing things in us.
2: Yep. So if they were to remove all of the glucose from any soda product, we would actually throw it right back up because it's so acidic. The reason we stomach it is because of the sweetness factor. Wow. That is why it's so bloody sweet so like the syrup is actually a rather impressive piece of chemistry when you think about it you know red bull was actually made for racehorses but they were i don't know if they killed any racehorses so i won't say that but racehorses apparently wouldn't drink it so they reformulated it and gave it to humans wow
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's why red bull gives you wings
0: <laughs> man it's it's amazing, you know, marketing and then building and the product designs and the chemistry that goes into all this yeah, I've stuff. Red Bull. I've, I've,
2: I've had maybe one Red Bull in my entire life, but I cannot, <laughs> cannot say the same. Uh, you will now change your mind. You'll be like, what, what can I do if I'm feeling a little down in the afternoon? Make a natural energy drink, five grams of honey, thousand milligrams of salt. Throw a half a lemon in there. You're welcome homemade Gatorade right there say that that again for us homemade Gatorade half a squeezed lemon five grams of honey and a thousand milligrams of salt that is one of the best pre-workouts that is one of the best like you're out biking because that's what I use when we were biking 50 miles until I ran out of it yep (laughs) on mile 45
0: hey those last five (laughs) miles though (laughs) (laughs) you're you're you are not in the saddle for very long if you can help it Uh Uh-uh. oh man well zach this has been educational it's been inspiring uh as well as very informative if but tell us a little bit about you forge chiropractic and where you guys are so that way if anybody wants to find you or contact you or get get in contact with you how can we and where you at
2: so i am the Forge chiropractor and we are shaping a better you i'm located in greenville south carolina um do you want me to give the address
0: because i can no you don't have to give the address but give me a give me how to contact you on social media
2: i'm actually not on social media right now i have uh, for just personal reasons completely purged social media from my life going through a little bit of a detox as i transition from one practice to another Um, but i am practicing in two locations down here in Greenville. Um, so, the best way to get a hold of me would be probably through Brent and then through me directly. Yep. From him directly to me, and I'm happy to facilitate any questions or, you know, if you know someone in the air that wants care, I'm happy to reciprocate. So, right now, that's kind of the best way to get a hold of me because, like I said, I am not on any social medias. I am enjoying that little bit of uh, just purging from it. So, it's been kind yeah. of great. Are Two you, and a half months without it. Are you on Google? I am. You can find me on there. It's new. I'm still working on getting, I am, I am two and a half months into this process. I am still kind of in development phase. Um, my office itself is ready to see people. Um, I am still working on developing a marketing calendar and getting all of those details where people can find me out there um, that is still in the works. And it's just one of those things that takes time and I'm learning the
0: game. Hey, That's how, that's how we get good at it. We got to play the game and get good at it. And that's exactly, exactly what you're doing, my man. Well, exactly. guys, Zach can be found at Forge Chiropractic. He's in Greenville, South Carolina. We'll figure out a way to get you in contact with him. If you need to or want to reach out, reach out to us, the legendary chiropractor. That way we can get you two in contact. If not, look him up, follow him on Google. Uh, he will be having his, his Instagram and all that stuff up and coming. So look out for that. Anyone in the Greenville, Greenville, South Carolina, or South Carolina, North Carolina, upper North Georgia area, make sure you reach out, find this man. He will change your life, he will help you. Um, I can't speak enough good things about him because he's been such a, a phenomenal influence in my life. He's a great friend, he's a phenomenal chiropractor, and the profession is only gonna get get, get better because of individuals like him. So make sure you reach out, get poured into, get your cup full. Um, there's no one else like him.
2: Thank you very much for those kind of words. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, man. It comes from the heart because, uh, you're, you're a great man, a great chiropractor and people need to come see you.
2: Well, I appreciate it. I'm open for business, so I'm ready to serve. Excellent. Coming,
0: man. We'll get them there to you. Zach, thank you for being here. It's been such just an honor and a privilege. Uh, I appreciate you Thank you for your knowledge and your expertise, my man. Um, we will have you back on the podcast soon, but until then, Would love to. I, uh, we are signing off and we will see you guys next week. Don't forget, we do drop a new episode every week. Uh, currently, the dates are jumping around depending on the individuals and their timeline. However, like, follow, share, comment, and make sure you share it with a friend. Until the next time, love and appreciate everyone. Dr. Zach, thanks for being with us.
2: Thank you much. Appreciate you.
0: Absolutely, and we're out.